Welcome to uh, Behind the Bites. Yes, we yeah. now have a name for our yes. podcast. Last week when we started that, we did not have a name. I think at the end of the of the last podcast, we mentioned that we would give a prize to anybody who suggested a name, and we came up with ourselves, so we're just showering ourselves in prizes. <laughs> That's how we um, like to do it, anyways. Anyway, I think we should introduce ourselves. I'm Mike. And this is Abbas. Uh, welcome to episode two of yes. Behind the Bites. And, um, well, this is basically a podcast about tech in the Middle East, or relevant to the Middle East, or announcements from the Middle East, whatever you want to call it. Um, Mike and I have known each other for a very long time, and you yeah. know, it's kind of nice to sort of sit and chat with each other for the next half hour or so, discussing you know what we kind of like. Hopefully you guys enjoy it too. Um, we, we, won't, we won't accept anything under five stars on iTunes if you are planning on rating us. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, please do that. Do that now. Yeah, Everybody who rates us five stars, we're, we're going to give you some good prizes. Yeah. <laughs> constructive <laughs> criticism only, and only a constructive in a positive sense. Exactly. <laughs> Everything else gets banned. It's fake news otherwise, if you have yeah, it. Right. <laughs> good, good stuff. Great. So we've got a couple of interesting news items to start off with. Sure. Um, do send us a press release saying that if you have an iPhone, you can now make purchases on the iTunes store mm. using career billing. Yeah. Which basically means that instead of buying an iTunes gift card, you can literally have a charge to your phone account. Mm-hmm. And when you get the bill the next month, it's going to be on there. I think that's kind of cool. I think that's I nice. I think it's very cool. And they're yeah. the first, from my understanding, the first carrier in the region to do that. I think so. Um, I think, uh, from what I remember, Etosala did it for Android right. uh, a couple of months back. Mm-hmm. But oh, iOS, for the Play Store. For Play Store. Right, yeah, yes. Absolutely. But for, for iOS. Yeah. But for iOS, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's smart right. because, I mean, you know, at the moment, unless you want to put in a credit card, Exactly. Or if you don't have a credit card, for instance, you've got to go and buy the cards, which can be a bit of a pain. No, absolutely. Um, why not charge it to your phone? That's where you're downloading these apps anyway, isn't it? Or, absolutely. Or music as well. Yeah. Um, um, I, I do wonder if it works on both prepaid and postpaid accounts, mm, or is it just restricted I to did, postpaid did, accounts? I, I had or? a quick scan of the press release. It didn't seem to mention, so I think okay. it's a bit of a follow-up question. Yeah, well. I think that would be kind of nice to know. But, um, the, the only other thing is, I'm assuming that's only for look, the UAE store. That's right. Correct. It only works in the UAE store. Somebody from our office did try to use mm-hmm. that. They've got a US account. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it doesn't work for that. Yeah. So you need to have a UAE iTunes account as well as your, you know, do SIM card in your do, in your do phone um, to get this sort. But I think it's a good initiative. I want to be interesting to see if Tesla will then follow suit and, and offer I'm, a similar service. I wouldn't be surprised if exactly. that Exactly. I'm right. pretty sure it should. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they should. I'm pretty I sure mean, they should. I mean, why not? charging this is again a conversation for another day but a larger conversation about paying th- things through your your smart device yeah you know and i think it's something that this region has been a bit of a little bit slow on the uptake for but this is a step in the right direction yeah we haven't so. had apple pay although yeah. interestingly i you've tried it though have you made, I've tried you've got apple it to pay. work exactly you? i've gotten it working with my u.s based card mm. it works fine any machine that accepts um, you know the uh, wireless transactions mm. here which are most Mashuk Bank machines. Okay. So if you go to a vendor like Costa or whoever mm-hmm. who supports that, uh, that'll work on there. Speaking of which, um, Emirates NBD had updated their app about a month or a month and a half okay. ago. And they're supporting wireless transactions as well. So if yeah. you have an Emirates NBD account on Android, right. though, this is not for the sure. iPhone. So if you have I was Emirates trying that today and the app was not working. Really? Okay, I saw it in time. Whoops. All righty then. But I mean, who knows? I think there would maybe it's just payday today, so like it <laughs> I guess put so, yeah. undue strain I, on the service. <laughs> you know, you, but, you're probably right about that. Yeah. I took some cash out from the ATM today in the morning, never got the SMS, which I generally yeah. do. So yeah, usually towards the end of the month and start of the month, I True, guess. Yeah. You know, it that's freaks out. Which is a bit of a concern for the people looking after your money. <laughs> Speaking of money, we've got HTC launching their e-store um, yes. in the region. UAE is the first one they've launched it in, and followed by Saudi and Egypt mm-hmm. in probably the next few weeks or months. 
Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure why I would want to go to a dedicated HTC mm. online store to buy an HTC phone. Uh, I'd be much more comfortable going to Share of DG or okay. Carrefour or Jumbo, where I know there's a retail presence. I sure. And is, do you feel that's because of after-service support? or um, Both. I mean, f- as far as after-service support is concerned, for mm. example, I'm not sure if you wanna, you, you'd want to have to send your phone back to them over mail or whatever right. it is, whereas but, walking to a store with your... You know, I, I get what you're saying. From my feeling, I, if I can buy direct from manufacturer, I'm happier that yeah. way. I, I feel well, like, Apple does that, you know. Yeah, you exactly. And I've, for instance, if you buy a, a, a product from one of the, I'm not going to say anybody specific, but uh, one of the major retailers out here, right? Right. If there is an issue with it, you take it back and they still have to send it to the manufacturer for, for refixing. And then there's a sort of period of up to 14 working days hmm. where they can, can have that, you know, return to you. And if it's a smartphone, yeah, you're going to do for 14 long. days without a smartphone. It's insane. I don't know. I'm not saying that HTC won't ask for that same amount of time. Right. But at least you're skipping out the middleman in that in that section. And I assume it's coming from them, the warranty. What's um, to stop them from not just saying, hey, here's a new phone? That right? makes sense. But I remember HTC kind of mentioning at the briefing of 10 Evo that uh, they're not going to compete with the retailers, at mm-hmm. least on the pricing level. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily getting a price advantage shopping sure. from HTC, sure. which a lot of retailers do tend to give you for, with their promotions oh, and yeah. stuff a lot of time, right? Uh, for example, the um, HTC 10 uh, mm-hmm. is selling for 2100 terms, last I checked, at okay. their electronic store. Uh, you can pick it up for considerably cheaper mm-hmm. Outside, Elsewhere, yeah. you don't like that. Yeah, and I guess that that is the main thing. I mean, you know, price is going to trump everything at exactly. the end of the day, isn't it? And okay, I mean, the times that you're going to purchase a bum phone or something's wrong with it, that you're going to have to return it, you know, the percentage of that happening is it's hopefully quite small. Hopefully, you know? yeah. But yeah. again, I'm I'm not convinced yet. Let's let's just see. Yeah, how it goes I mean, up. look, I'm I'm you know, it's always good to have other avenues to purchase things, right? And if for people that like to prefer to purchase things online. Maybe don't want to use uh, e-retailers such as Souk for whatever reason. At least they can go straight to, straight to, to the source. Yeah. That, exactly. Or maybe if they run a promotion. You know what? I think it, it would be kind of nice for them to sort of, when the HTC 11 comes out. Right. And, you know, you go and buy it from HTC's website yeah. or store. You yeah. probably or, get or, a little extra. Or have a timed, uh, timed exclusive, exclusive release date or yeah, something exactly, like that, yeah. right? Like you can buy it 24 hours. Or, who knows? Absolutely. I think that would kind of work nicely. You might cheese Let's see people off. But. <laughs> Let's see where they go with this. Uh, right, so Black Friday, Cyber Monday just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you buy anything? I, I did not. I, was, I kind of hovered over the uh, the mouse on a few things. Okay. Look, I think it's funny with these things. I mean, Black Friday is such a primarily US-centric thing. And it has sort of spread out over the rest of the world. And now we get White Friday here with Zook yep. and other, other retailers doing similar things. Uh, my issue is that the things that I'm interested in purchasing tend to be from overseas and even with discount, you're still getting shipping costs and that kind of thing. Um, I didn't, obviously, big ticket items like television things are out of the question for us over here if you're sure. importing them just because of weight problems. And exactly, that kind of yeah. Thing. But um, smaller things, like I, I have a Hue house, so mm-hmm. my whole house is done up with Hue light bulbs. Um, and there were certain things that went on sale on the Hue store, as well as Amazon and other retailers that made it very tempting, up to about 30% off on some of the wow. items, which was super good. But like, very quick you know mm. they had a, maybe a hundred of them left um and i've recently just done my house the other if i ended up ordering anything they would have been spares <laughs> so it's like all right i don't need extras just yet nice um okay. what about yourself Was no there... nothing at all mm. nothing at all honestly there's nothing really on my radar right now mm. to purchase um 
other than Google Pixel, which right. you know I definitely want to try out. Yeah. Um, you know, been reading really good things about it, and I would like to. But obviously, being such a new item, mm-hmm. wasn't on sale over here. I think in the U.S., Google had put it up for sale, but since it hasn't been officially released over here, mm-hmm. we yeah. You know, well, this we is it, and it makes it yeah. tricky. I. It's funny with these things because obviously we know the sort of nature of sales and not always quite what they seem, right? And I'm not, you know, I don't want to point any fingers at anybody in terms of what's going on here, but I sometimes feel that like if these, these sales go on, you're getting kind of last year's clearance stock or they're over the items that have been left over that they're trying to push, right? I agree. So you're not getting necessarily the things you want. You're just sort of getting things that you may mildly be interested in at a slight discount i agree and i think one of the um, online vendors that kind of stood out for me at least you know a couple of years back was jado pedo and mm-hmm. they were doing their own thing mm-hmm. uh they used to offer some actual discounts yeah. some real good discounts but i think now they've just turned into a marketplace mm-hmm. so you don't necessarily see that great of deals over there either so yeah i mean my cyber monday um basket was pretty empty yeah didn't, didn't really end up getting anything at all um, unfortunately, I would have liked to pick something up, but mm. nothing tempted me. Well, it'll be interesting to see as time goes on whether there'll be more, uh, sort of more reception of it here. Like people, almost like people are starting to expect something to happen out here, and it is to a certain extent. But I don't think to the rate that it is in the states or even in the UK right. now, where you are getting significant deals on things, if they're the things you're after. You know, I mean, for instance, in the UK, you could pick up a copy of Titanfall three for I think twenty pounds. That's Titanfall 2 for about £20, a video game, okay. which normally retails for £40. So it was a significant wow. saving. That's a game that yeah. only came out uh, a month ago. It, it's very right? recent, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so there are things that are available, but again, you have to be kind of the, the right market for it and be on the lookout for it because it's super That's limited true. quality. That's true. I That's hope um, these cha- this changes when you know, you've got sites like Noon.com and stuff right. coming in. Hopefully when these massive sites come mm. in online next year. Hopefully, you know, next year we might see a better yeah, yeah. Friday. Exactly. And I think with the with these marketplace type situations that you're getting now, it's less likely because obviously you yeah. don't know the quality of the sellers. You actually have to put a fair amount of research in before you even go and buy something and whether they're just kind of scamming you off the, the cost of it. I mean, it's... True, it's, but and even the ones that aren't and, you know, are actually selling good things, they're mm. not necessarily huge corporations that mm-hmm. can afford to sell things at half the price. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, they're like small small retailers, small for businesses, sure. and it doesn't make sense for them to, you know, massively yeah. overcut their prices. Yeah, it's not worth their, their hassle, really. Oh, well, one can dream. Yeah, <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> maybe next year. All right, good. So, we actually have a guest this time around. Yes. So, you know, first for our show, well, you know, considering we're only in second episode, there's going to be a lot of firsts in the next yeah. few <laughs> episodes, but uh, we but actually first, have first, yeah, guest. first first guest ever. That's right. Um, Nick Rago from our team has been hashtagging 90s PC over the mm-hmm. last few days, uh, basically just sort of like a throwback on PCs, you know, vintage hardware and stuff like mm-hmm. that. What do you remember from the days of old PCs and stuff like that? So I'm going to get him over here, you know, to join us and kind of talk about some of the hashtags that or some of the interesting items that he kind of discovered with that hashtag. Let's get Nick cool. over. Yeah. All right, so we'd like to welcome Nick Rago into the studio. Hey, Nick, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. What's going on in here? So we kind of just mentioned that you've been using the hashtag 90s PCs over the last few days. Yes. And, um, you know, you've seen some interesting retro stuff. 
tell us what you saw, what was interesting, you know, just give us a few examples. Okay, so first and foremost, obviously all of us use some sort of messaging app, so whether it's WhatsApp or it's, it's Facebook or whatever, and the first thing that kind of jumped into my mind when it comes to sort of the 90s PC's retro movement is ICQ. Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, I would do it now, so I, <laughs> but I, I knew what's really sad, it's really sad, is I still remember my ICQ number, which is wow. 3821327. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. I can't remember people's phone numbers, but I can remember like an eight-digit code from the 90s. All right, yeah. But yeah, there was things like that, things like how people would start with like a 14K modem and then went down to 28 kbps and then 32. 14? I started with a 96 number. Yeah. I'm a big old. Listen, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> when I was happening so like my, my thing was like 228 and then what was after that and then finally okay. 56 I remember when I when I upgraded to 56k modem I was like oh my goodness I can download 128 MB file in 4k VPS it was insane <laughs> So things like that, the ICQ, nice. uh, obviously MSN Messenger, and how people, you know, if you see someone, you go offline and online, offline and online mm-hmm. to make sure they <laughs> notice you, sad things like that. And and yeah, obviously Prince of Persia, and the fact that Netscape Navigator was the browser, oh, yes. <laughs> right. that would never work. Oh, things yes. like going into your web browser, going proxy1.emirates.net.ae, <laughs> and trying to like... That change. still works for some Yeah, it still works. It's, yeah. it's literally somebody's PC. Just some, some old server. Some server room. Like, yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Why is this server still getting traffic? But yeah, I think... Things like that, and it was just really kind of cool to see this Twitter community come together. Uh, I know I, I saw Alexander McNabb, who was quite active on Twitter. He tweeted out a picture of the original Emirates Internet Manual. Ah, cool. Um, I tweeted out a wow. photo of like a 25 floppies that would come on Windows 95 Irrelative. for this setup. It was just insane when CD, CD writers were like a zip 2X. Drives. Zip drives, exactly. Yes. So I remember using zip drives when I was at university, and it was just, it was insane. It was a great bit of nostalgia, I think. Mm. And it was a great nice. trip down memory lane. Very Do you guys nice. have any personal... Uh, personal stories in terms of old PC stuff or wow okay that's a good one um I don't know about a story but I do remember being very excited when I got the 3DFX Voodoo no, the yeah. graphics card the first yeah, yeah that was yeah. the first 3D hardware accelerated graphics card uh, that was pretty awesome I do remember that when I was in the university back in um, Dallas they used to have these flea markets for PC components okay. so you kind of go down on a Sunday over there or Saturday night actually and people would literally come in with their boxes of cartons mm-hmm. with old hardware components, oh. motherboards, CPUs, you know. And you could just this was like pre exactly, yeah. you just kind of pick them up and you know, kind of go back home. Um, did either one of you guys use BBSs or bulletin yes. board systems? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so that was pre-internet. Yeah. yeah that's so when, yeah. where I grew up um, was not in the Middle East, but in other parts of the world, and uh, we didn't have the internet, so we would actually route. Uh, our emails through a BBS that was set up in Singapore, and then a guy who ran that would then send our emails. Wow! Oh wow! <laughs> which, was, uh, which was a bit. Oh wow! Now you think talk about privacy, privacy issues, yeah. for the whole country or just for you? I uh, know, just for everyone. Pretty much the whole country. Like, yeah. that's um, kind of like depending on the postman to deliver. Your exactly. Look, right? it's, so, it really yeah. was that we would connect to like sort of a local BBS, and this one guy would have a connection to Singapore, and it would do that. Um, my actually, my one story was I remember as as, as a kid. Um, having a, I can't even remember what the PC was, I think it was a 386, uh, and we um, had to go out with my father to purchase an extra, an additional four megabytes of RAM <laughs> so that we could install it so I could play SimCity 2000, which is uh, one of my all-time favorite games. That was a good game. But, yeah. Amazing. I think for me, it's not really a good memory, but it's basically open up. I think I, I had bought a, um, a graphics card, which I still have, I think somewhere in the bowels of my parents' uh, storage, with I think 16 MB of graphics mm-hmm. on it. And I, I remember just straight up buying it and then coming back home and realizing that my computer was too old to actually 
physically fit it into the case <laughs> or into the motherboard and I was just sitting there crying Oops. and then when I actually opened the case it was like literally like spiders and dust bunnies and things I'm just thinking like it's just it, I'm not putting my hand in there forget yeah. it <laughs> so yeah I brought a you know at the time a fantastic graphics card but I couldn't use it because my computer was too old yeah it's yeah. terrible and now we can do all of that on a phone. On a phone, yeah. yeah. Like you can literally any of the games that I played, mm-hmm. uh, like Day of the Tentacle, which is my favorite mm-hmm. game on 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 DOS, which I love. You can now play it on on an iPad. Yeah, that's true. Know? I was so excited when they brought Monkey Island to iOS. Yeah. you know, it yeah. was so awesome. It's yeah. insane. One of the best games ever. Clearly, clearly, and full throttle. Yeah, what was it? Yeah, full. Well, anything that looks like. But exactly. But you turn this into a Lucas. Yeah. Um, so what was the hashtag again? It was uh, hashtag 90s PC. Yeah, cool. And I assume we, we're encouraging more people to get involved in Yeah, that. do it. I, yeah, I was totally. very proud today. I did my first Twitter moment, on, which is basically, I did a round of all of my favorite tweets from uh, that. And somebody had tweeted out a photo of MIRC. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I remember um, that. You know, right. that's, where, that's where illegal file sharing was born. Yes. You know, and speaking of which, and somebody else posted a photo like BearShare, Casa, LimeWire, Napster. Napster. You know, oh, back nice. in the days when we knew what copyright protection was, but we didn't care. <laughs> just like, oh, I'll get it on Napster. It's fine. I don't need a new album. Just go and get it on Napster. But yeah, fantastic, fantastic memory. So yeah, if you if you do have something from a you know, 90s PC era that you remember, then tweet it out using hashtag. I think an aha moment for me was when probably downloading through Napster. But, um, you know, when the internet speeds were good enough that the download of the song took lesser time than to actually play the song back. So if the song was three and a half minutes and it downloaded (laughs) under three minutes, I'm like, whoa, you know, real-time internet can't get any better than that. That I remember (laughs) downloading music pre-MP3 from, like, a website of a record label that I was into where it would, like, wouldn't be a full song, it'd be a clip of a WAV file that I guess I must have taken from the masters, like, that would send a prep. And you sit there and just, like downloading like two megabytes or five megabytes of, of wave file, which is like thirty seconds of a song, going, Yep, this is taking forever. <laughs> yeah. But basic, basic purchasing decisions uh, off a off yeah. a very short uh, section of wave file. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Good times. Um, it's good times. I miss I miss the simpler times. Yeah. Honestly. Good times. Cool. Well thank you very yeah, much nice. for joining us. Thanks, thanks guys. This was fun. All right. Well, we'll see you sometime soon in the next few episodes, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Um, I think next, uh, Abbas, you've got something very interesting to talk about. That's right. I purchased a Google Home a couple of weeks ago, and I've been mm-hmm. playing around with it. Um, I've had the Amazon Alexa as well. Now, in case mm-hmm. someone who doesn't know what these are, these are voice-based assistants. So, you know, instead of um, going on the computer keyboard or just typing a command, you just kind of say it out, mm-hmm. and it does things for you. So dimming the lights, you know, mm-hmm. playing a song or whatever it is. So, I mean, I've been using Alexa for the last um, six months. Okay. Uh, great little device. Yeah. I like it but um, Google Home was released a few weeks back and uh, I picked one up mm-hmm. been using it for the last couple of weeks and uh, you know what I, I like it it's, it's getting better by the day mm-hmm. um, one of the best things that I like about oh, just, it just before is, but yeah. for the listeners is sure. that were you did you import that I did, in any particular I did. Way absolutely, or, absolutely. Okay. so um, a friend of mine was in the US and I just right. asked him to pick one up okay. it's not available here yeah. in the region the easiest way to import things the makes. easiest way <laughs> <laughs> and it's about $130 in the okay. US which That's is not too bad uh, it was on sale yeah, on Black Friday Ninety-nine. Sadly, not in this part of the world, as no. I would have picked up a couple of them. Uh, but uh, one of the best things that I like about it is that if you've got a Chromecast, which mm-hmm. kind of plugs into your TV, and I've got the Nvidia Shield box, which right. is sort of you know Chromecast ready. That's the that's the, the exactly control, uh, the not the controller, console, the console sorry, yeah, itself. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I've got one and, of those. Are fantastic. Uh, they're awesome. Yeah. And they're they're really really nice. And that's connected to my TV, mm-hmm. so I can like literally last night um, I just said, Hey Google. 
show me the trailer of Beauty and the Beast on the TV. Mm-hmm. It powered on my TV, went onto YouTube, started playing the trailer. Fantastic. It's like literally voice based, yeah. which is fantastic. It's the future. It's the future, totally. <laughs> and then my daughter comes in and is like, you know, play Shake It Off by Google, Taylor Swift on the TV. And, and suddenly, like, bam, it's like, like no. oh God, you know. <laughs> future is <laughs> What hell. do we have? Yes. What did we just do over here? Uh, but yeah, I mean, just kind of goes to show you how voice is going to become such an important part mm. um, of our computing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Apple's got Siri, and I'm surprised that they don't have a speaker or anything in that format. Yeah, you know? the, I, the thing with I think with them, they're always a little late to the game because they take that time to get it right. But you know, the funny thing is that Siri was the first virtual assistant, like True. voice-based virtual assistant, yeah. and it was out before any of these other guys. Were. And it's funny because I think that they've kind of rolled back the functionality of, of Siri as well over the years. Like it seems to do less than it used to. Um, you think? Yeah. I think the things that it does, it does. Fairly well. All right. Answer calls, mm. take notes, set an alarm, timer, that kind of thing. But you think it's because of their whole stance on privacy? Because I, I mean, think, Google I think it just... has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Just because, as you, as we know, it, they they won't allow you to connect to the internet in order to do these things. Is that right? Right. It's all done on board the phone, which limits it to a certain extent. I mean, based on computing power and what kind of processes it can run. Um, whereas Google doesn't care. Exactly. And, and I kind of like Google's way in this mm. particular, you know, I don't know. Um, it's just that the collective power of the internet makes a device so much better yeah. than, you know, just your single self. And, I, and I think when you purchase something like Google Home, you, you're entering into a tacit agreement saying, yeah, okay, I want this device. I'm going to let you have access to this information. You know, exactly. Up to a certain point, obviously, I'm, you know... Make sure you read the terms and conditions always, people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're not going to hand them over your firstborn. No, for sure. But you're going to be like, for this sure. is the information I need to give you in order to use these services. And I think we live in a, in a, in a world now where uh, we're going to have to deal with that kind oh, of yes, stuff. Oh, yes, absolutely. One of the great things about um, Google Home versus Amazon is that Amazon obviously was only released in the U.S. market. Correct. So, for example, if I wanted to ask... Um, the time or the weather, mm-hmm. I, I literally had to say what's the time in Dubai sure. or what's the weather in Dubai. And yeah. that's what Alexa would do. But um, Google's aware of, you know, Google Home is mm-hmm. aware of where it is. So I can literally just ask it what the time is, what the weather yeah. is, traffic conditions to work mm-hmm. as well, and tells me how long it's going to take me to get to work. Nice. And I can just order an Uber from it as well, which yeah, you can do on Amazon as well, yeah. but restricted to the US because yeah. you need to put in your postcode on there. Yeah, this is the problem. I mean, Alexa is so much more powerful in regions where it's available. Exactly. And I understand why Amazon wants to do that. Because, but still, yeah. yeah. But I, think I mean, it's nice answer, that yeah. Google have that uh, that open up. No, for sure. Um, how are you, have you AB'd the, uh, the speakers on both devices? So, yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that voice sounds a little bit better on Google Home okay. versus Alexa. Music sounded a little bit better on Alexa okay. for me. From from my reading, I've heard that the the um, the Google Home, I believe, is a little bassier. It is. Or, or it actually is. not even bassier. It's, it's, it's more the mids, or, so it's a little muddier yeah, in terms it is, of sound. It is. It is. Okay. It is. But I kind of like that. So Sure. Yeah, it, is, it is up to preference. Yeah. For me, it's interesting because I know one of the other functionalities of the Home is that you're able to put several in your house and then they act like a Sonos system. Exactly. From so our just, yeah. room. So... If you're going to offer that speaker functionality to people, then surely you probably want to work a little more on your speaker. No. Again, I haven't heard it. Yeah. I, it. I'm sure it's fine. I mean, I, even personally, I feel the Alexa speaker Look, it's not going to be Sonos or BNO or yeah. anything, but, you know, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It, it's Plus not it's too version bad. version one as well, right? So Exactly. And a couple of things that I like more on um, Amazon's Echo. Hmm. 
are that uh, Echo's got eight mics. This okay. one's only got two. Huh. So there have been a couple of times where I'd have to repeat myself saying, yeah. hey, Google, okay, Google, whatever, a couple of times until it hears me. Yeah. And then what's great about Alexa is that when you're actually asking it, there's a light around the mic That's that right. sort of focuses yeah, yeah. you. Uh, a lot of times, yeah. Cylony, creepy yeah. stuff. But, but no, I but love it's, it. It's cool, I love right? it. I, I totally it, love it. It's just it's little things like that that give you the interaction. Exactly. Right. That you feel like you're talking to something. Yes, opposed, Someone as opposed to something. Yeah. So on home, it's got a set of four lights, but on top. So if you're looking at it from the side, there's no way that you can tell those lights are on. So if you're just kind of saying, hey, Google, or okay, Google, you don't get to see that visual feedback that it's actually listened to you, which Amazon Echo provides. Yeah, and all you're getting is the auditory, which I guess sometimes has... It doesn't even do that. I mean, it doesn't reply back. It doesn't, you know, you literally just say, hey, Google, what's the weather like? You know, there's literally no feedback unless you're looking at a speaker from the top and see those lights go on. There's no other feedback. And the second thing that I prefer on um, on uh, the Echo is that when you want to change the volume, it actually has a clicker. Right. Yeah. Uh, on this one, it's got a touch system, so you sort of rotate your finger on there. It's not as intuitive, maybe a bit more futuristic, sure. but I prefer the actual physical control. Yeah, of, I feel you like it, yeah, it feels like a volume knob, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And design-wise, I think I prefer the Echo. Mm-hmm. It, it's oh, a really? tall black cylinder versus Google's like a very short, okay. fat, white. I mean, I, I own an Echo. I also own an Echo Dot. <laughs> for whatever reason <laughs> uh, for the other room basically right. but uh but i love the look of the home it just looks okay. I mean, it looks modern stylish there's nothing wrong with alexa she just looks like sure. a can of tennis balls but um it does but i don't know i kind of like that look i mean fair, the, fair. yeah i mean it's, it depends on your how it depends yeah. on your, your living room right yeah. the way you keep it it's got a bit more of a i'm a cyborg from the future and i'm going to kill you if yeah. you don't look at me yeah sure. you know, i kind of like the terminator look <laughs> uh one other question about it actually yeah. have you have you tried the integration with uh, services like Google Calendar? Um, uh, I haven't tried okay. them yet. I know they exist. Yeah. But um, so here's the deal. What I've done is um, I've got a, a Google account, which is a US account, and I've got a Google account, which is a local right. you know, UAE account. All my calendar emails, obviously, I set up on my UAE account. Yeah. And on the but US no. account is where I've got um, okay. the US Play Store and stuff like yeah. that. You know, And it doesn't manage multiple accounts. Yet. It doesn't manage multiple accounts. And the issue is that if I sign in with my local account, I don't see the option of um, Chromecasting or, you know, just cast oh, really? it on my TV. Huh. Now, there could be because my NVIDIA Shield is also set up to the US account. Uh, so that could be the reason yeah. there are two different accounts. It's going to take a little bit of testing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. maybe it does that. that. This is my sort of fundamental problem with these home assistants, where they're fine if you're a single person living in a house Exactly. Because when you're a family of five. And yeah, it gets tricky. But obviously the tech isn't quite there to, to learn about people's different voices. And yeah. you can set up profiles, but then you're going to have to take an extra step almost to say, hey, switch to this profile. Then activate these services with my with my Alexa. I uh, use it for a shopping list. Right. So whenever we're out of eggs, I say, "Hey Alexa, just uh, put yeah. some eggs on my shopping list," mm-hmm. and she'll do that. But then with uh, my girlfriend, who also lives with me, they she doesn't have she doesn't have the she can put eggs on my shopping list, just but it doesn't phone, populate yeah. onto her phone. Makes sense, right? Yeah. So it's a little bit frustrating in that sense. I mean, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Someone's going to crack that problem. For sure. And I think you're absolutely right. It needs to be a problem of um, solving using, you know, utilizing or recognizing the voice of the mm-hmm. person, not switching profiles. I don't think that's very intuitive, yeah. but if it can recognize that Mike is the one who said that, then it goes to your shop. And I can't believe that they're not working on that. Oh, I'm like, sure they yeah, are. I'm sure they something, are. You know, but not just that, but you know, like I now have 
Taylor Swift on my playlist just because my daughter asked right. me for it. But, you know, <laughs> not necessarily, you know, yeah, she's fine. I don't have any problems with her, but not necessarily. Well, you, you can see it now in a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, um, the smart Wi-Fi cameras from like Nitatmo and, and, and Wythings and things like that, where they can now do facial recognition for people who are in the home. Okay. So you can set certain uh, parameters to say, hey, if, when this person is at home, turn on these lights via if this, then that. Or, uh, or, or, or if nobody's at home, you know, it goes into security mode or something like that. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit hit or miss. Uh, you've got to train it over a, a lengthy period of time Which to start recognizing people, but yeah. that's how it works, Which right? I mean, but um, then it's just translating that similar tech to voice is probably a little bit harder, but we'll... So I know that we don't have this on our list of topics mm. for, for this, this week, but uh, it is something script. interesting that I would <laughs> like to sort of ask you is sure. that... Uh, uh, connected homes, I mean, we're getting more and more devices mm. that are sort of, you know, just becoming part of a connected home. Question is, where do you stop or do you stop? You know, for example, is there any particular thing that, is, you know, IoT or whatever powered gadget it is that you wouldn't change? Mm, I don't know. Uh, for me, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, I've looked and re-looked and looked again at the August smart lock. I'm not sure if you're okay, aware of that yeah. or not. But I just can't get myself to purchase a lock for my house, which is connected to the internet. I'm the same. I haven't. I've I've erred on it a few times just because I I like the idea of it. But then there are so many. Once you start to rationalize it, you can see that it's definitely probably not a great idea because if you've got this connected lock and suddenly things start going Absolutely, wrong, absolutely, yeah. Then you're, you're yeah. locked out of your house. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you either get locked out or if there's a hacker, yeah. whoever, you know, like that's the first thing at your house. They can just literally open exactly. your house. And I think, you know. Um, but having said that, I've got a remote control gate on my. Okay. You know, which. But also that's a, that's a convenient thing because of a car, right? Like, so you don't have to get out of the car. It is. It and, is, absolutely. Right. But I mean, if someone's sitting there with a radar or catcher or whatever, they can literally just program, you know, my IR signal into their radar uh, and then connect my gate using that. Yeah. So, you know, where do you stop? <laughs> right, where right. Exactly. Stop? Well, you'd think that your phone would be a little harder to hack, but who knows, right? Um, yeah, and I think the issue is, is it's still easier to take a key uh, out of your pocket and put it in a lock and unlock than it is to just... But see, I mean, that's the good thing about uh, August is like it's got proximity sensing. So it knows as as you're approaching with your phone, you know, it just unlocks. Yeah, so okay, and I agree with that, but I feel... Then that's a little creepy as well. It's not, it's, yeah, the creepy is really one of the words. But then also, how much can you trust sort of uh, that kind of proximity sensing? I I have a lot of Philips Hue lights that have issues with telling whether I'm at home or not. They generally get it right about 90% of the time. And I don't mind if that's the lights. If they stay on, fine, we can turn them off. Although I've got timers that go off. But with the front door to your house, yeah, you exactly. need it to be 100% yeah, yes. every I time. Um, and not, yeah, I don't think we're there at the moment. No, which is definitely not. I've, I've been very interested in, in trying Nest. So I'm, I was going to comment on that yeah. when you mentioned about uh, Hue not being 100% right. Mm. That's the same issue with Nest as well. Because yeah. what it does is that as soon as you step out of the house, the cameras go on depending on your mm. location. And I've noticed that a lot of times, even when I'm back in the house, the cameras yeah. are still on. It doesn't really recognize that, you know, I'm back yeah. home kind of stuff. So, yeah, there are issues with the technology. That's what I need to be ironed out. Yeah. And, and hopefully they will get that. You know, we will definitely get there. Right. That's that and they're all being hacked to do DDoS attacks. <laughs> but, hey, that's just... Uh... That's actually one of the reasons why I purchased um, Nest for the home mm-hmm. cam. Because my wife is paranoid about, you know... Um, these home cameras being hacked in. Yeah, for sure. And I can understand a lot of Chinese or, you know, suboptimal mm-hmm. cameras probably just have a default password. That's very yeah, exactly. That you're not able to change, right? Yeah, but yeah. the fact that this is actually going through Google servers yeah. to sort of authenticate and, you know, share the feed gives me 
some kind of. Oh, now you're making me nervous about my camera, bus. <laughs> right, so let's kind of move on to what we have, the final topic, and that is something that you touched a little bit upon, Mike, last time, mm. which is, is Apple changing tech for the better or not? Mm. Um, you know, tell us a little bit more about sure. that. Sure, I mean, I think I, it, it sounds like a very mean-spirited question, but what I'm really trying to get, was trying to get at was that Apple have done some certain things recently in their products, which they, they clearly think is the way that PCs and, and computing should go, or even smartphones. As an example, they've removed the headphone jack from mm -hmm. uh, the iPhone, or they've got rid of all other ports except USB-C on the laptops. Correct. Now, I'm not begrudging Apple that. They can do what they want as their services, and if they believe that's the way forward, then they're going to make their products and the accessories that you buy for them and their whole ecosystem work around that, which is fine. What I found, though, is a trend, and this is something that kind of came to light, not just because of the iPhone 7, but also because of the MacBook, so the, the standard MacBook, um, was that we started to notice when that machine was released, everybody went crazy. Oh, it's only got one USB-C port. Mm -hmm. well, how could Apple do this? And other manufacturers would make fun of that and say, look at our laptops. They've got mm. all the ports. But now you see 12 months later, a little over 12 months later, you're seeing machines from Asus, from Acer coming out that are exactly specced like that, maybe with two USB-C ports or one, but getting rid of all other ports. Um, and I wonder if that's not a worrying trend in terms of PCs saying, just because Apple's doing it, why should everybody else follow? You don't think it's a chicken and egg kind of story? Because look, I mean, everybody's gonna switch to USB Type-C mm -hmm. sooner or sure. later. It's a better port mm -hmm. by any way you look at it. Um, you know, and all devices, all accessories, everything mm -hmm. that connects will switch yeah. to this new platform. Obviously, it's not going to be immediately, right. but you do need someone like Apple, for example, yeah. uh, to come up with a MacBook mm -hmm. Pro or a MacBook, which only has Type-C ports mm -hmm. for the technology to move forward. That's, that's just my personal opinion. Yep. Uh, if someone like, you know, even if uh, someone like Dell, who's mm -hmm. pretty big in the PC world, would have done something like mm -hmm. that, I don't think they would have been able to make a dent in the accessories division. No, and you're not wrong, but then I throw it back at you. The headphone jack right. is a standard that's been around that predates computers, and it's something that works and has always worked, and this is this is where I think it starts to fall down a little bit, because I agree with you about USB-C. It's awesome. You, know, you can get all sorts of connections mm -hmm. through it, plus power, which is great. But the headphone jack is something that it is kind of ubiquitous across not just phones and computers, but general standards of things. You know, if you're looking at stereos... Um, I, I yeah I kind of yeah. agree with you on that I think that was something that I think App I'd say that it was a mistake by mm -hmm. Apple uh, not because they took away the uh, headphone jack from the iPhone seven away mm -hmm. but uh, you know devices that came after that such as the new MacBook Pro mm -hmm. have that and then yeah and there so is, they didn't go all in no right? they didn't yeah. and I mean in fact uh, I was just reading a rumor about the next iPad which is mm -hmm. sort of coming in um, early next year. Mm -hmm. Um, it's supposed to, you know, get the home button out of, uh, there's, there's not going to be a yeah. button on it, but apparently it will have a 3.5 mm jack, which is oh. what the rumors point to. I don't know how much true that is. Obviously it's just a rumor mill, but, um, yeah, I don't think Apple's all in on yeah. removing the headphone jack. I, it's, it's funny cause look, I mean, lightning is a great connector mm -hmm. for audio. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. fantastic. It's got, uh, I don't think you need a DAC, mm -hmm. you know, a separate DAC if you're using lightning, yeah, yeah. uh, which is great very advantages but yeah you're absolutely right i mean do we really need it to get rid of um yeah and and what i mean what's my concern is i'm, I'm happy for apple to do it do what you want it's your company you <laughs> know people are probably still going to buy all your products but i don't we've seen that since that um 
Motorola have, have removed yes. it. HTC's done HTC's that. HTC's done it. There was, uh, I think Oppo did it a while, yes. a couple of years ago. Yes. Um, there's this kind of me too attitude in the industry where people are then looking at what Apple does and because they are the number one company who make all the money, they seem to think, oh, we better do that as well. And I wonder if that's kind of stifling creativity, stifling to the the moving or just shifting the industry into directions that perhaps, you know, they weren't always going to go. Right. But Apple's done that in the past as well, sure. right? I mean, they were the first one to get rid of the optical mm-hmm. drive, the network socket, yeah. stuff like that. And it, it's worked out well for them in the past. Sure. And the thing is that they were under the watchful eye of Steve Jobs back mm-hmm. then. And I think, you know, he's, he's just a wonderful visionary. Yeah. Um, I don't think Tim Cook's that. I no, I don't Tim think Cook, anybody Cook, at Tim Apple... Tim Cook's the money man, right? Like. Money man. It, it's not just, I think, Apple. It's kind of hard to see anyone, I think, other than Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see anyone else who I think no. has got that. Right. And it's so funny that he's such on a different level to consumer electronics. Like, the man thinks... Like, magnitudes higher. Like, he's, oh, absolutely. About, he's looking at Mars travel rechanging yes. you know when well apple are the biggest tech company in the world they're still dealing with smartphones right you know apparently the cars on the back burner now so exactly it's, yeah. it's apples and oranges to a certain extent but i agree that musk is the visionary in the same sense that, that jobs was uh, maybe even a little crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly which is fantastic yeah you know, at least great. someone's doing yeah, it right no, absolutely but yeah i mean coming back to uh is apple changing the uh, the industry for the better or worse i think it's something that um Time will tell. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I just um, want PC manufacturers to man up. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, well, Microsoft with their Surface lineup, yeah. I think they're sort of taking a stance and mm-hmm. they've built some fantastic products. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah, Surface Book, the Surface Pro, and, and the, Surface the latest Studio Surface Studio has just, all the ports, so well, good for them. Not just that, but I mean, you know, they've literally reinvented the desktop. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking at the iMac, the new one, I, you mm-hmm. know, that very thin, insanely thin one, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, how far can a desktop computer go, you know? Like, yeah. you're literally just looking at an all-screen machine, which is fantastic. But then Microsoft comes in with the Surface Studio, and they've got this little machine that looks great when it's in your standard monitor format, but then you just kind of slide it yeah. down, and you work on it as your desk, uh, you know, as you're creating creation tool or whatever yeah, it is. really and reimagining it, you know? That is fantastic. Is something that could have been done with... with with an iMac. I mean, they had a they had an iMac on a stick before. Oh, absolutely. Right? But I think Apple's insistence of not adding touch capabilities to, mm. uh, to Mac OS has, yeah. you know, pre- yeah. prevented them from going into that direction, which is kind of sad because I think they're sort of blocking their way into... Mm-hmm. Um, I think we touched upon this where if I'm using the touchscreen on the Surface, you know, mm-hmm. as an operating system a lot or not, and maybe I'm not necessarily using it a lot, mm-hmm. but there is a market for it. Yeah. And I think Apple's insistence on just going by its rules, not necessarily looking at its standards, without a visionary like Steve Jobs, which literally knew what people wanted and mm-hmm. then kind of guided them. Good hurt them. Good yeah. hurt them. And I, mean, you know, you know. Know. I mean, we'll see. It's like, I just wanted to quickly go back to, you mentioned the, the rumor of the, the missing home button on the next iPad, because I've seen, we've kind of seen this trend with Apple of them thinning things down, getting rid of stuff. And if you look at a standard, I have an iPad, iPhone on me at the moment, but if you look at a standard iPhone, I mean, what are the what are the pain points on it that are restricting it from just being a, pay, a piece of glass? Right. And they are the, home the headphone, thing. well, the yep. headphone jack, which is now yes. gone. Yeah. They are the lightning connector, which is fine to a certain extent because it's thin. Sure. Right. So that doesn't you can still shave off millimeters off that to yep. get it thinner. And as you said, the home button. Yeah. You know, once you remove those things, and I guess you're gonna have to keep the speaker. 
but not necessarily but, if you well, can Bluetooth no, I mean, everything, right? No, so, not just that, but I mean, if you look at the... So I had to play with the Xiaomi Mi Mix oh, phone awesome. with a very little bezel mm. on it and literally no earpiece on there mm. and works perfectly. Yeah. I had no issues, you know, using right. it for a phone call. Uh, so I think that technology is already there. You don't mm -hmm. need an earpiece for that. And yeah. you can use it as a speakerphone as well. Mm -hmm. It does have a chin at the bottom. Okay. And I think there will be something similar to that. It's going to well, be a while until the... Well, you've got to put the electronics yeah. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, and exactly. the antennas and things, right? So. Exactly. Um, there was a new rumor that Huawei's next uh, P10, is that mm -hmm. the one they're coming up yeah, to? Yeah, so that'll be P10. the next flagship. Yeah. P10, yeah. right. So they've apparently moved the uh, fingerprint sensor below the screen now on it. Okay. That's what the latest rumor was. And I'm assuming Apple's going to go pretty much in that direction. I mean, well. it's only a matter of time, yes. right? They've got the touch there. Exactly. Just getting it to map where you think Exactly, are. absolutely. You know, one of the technologies um, from about five or seven years back, which really interested me, and it's interesting how we're sort of seeing 3D touch kind of come in and... Mm -hmm not exactly replicate that but do you remember the uh, blackberry storm which had a full screen which a full screen device but yeah, it actually clicked inside no the one that clicked inside was it storm or am i mistaking that uh, for, with another name so it had a short press technology which was a screen that you can okay. tap on like okay. a touch screen yeah. but then you could also click the screen yeah i think that was the storm yeah yeah, yeah. was it the storm yeah, okay and then when you the thing was that in that time when you had physical keyboards you know you suddenly went to a screen a yeah. glass surface where you're tapping away that provided actual feedback, like the screen mm -hmm. actually pushed inside and had a very satisfying click noise to mm -hmm. it. And you can literally, like any part of the screen, you can just press into it, which I think 3D Touch yeah, sort of yeah. is, sort of is. It doesn't actually move. I, mm -hmm. I don't think 3D Press actually, you know, you don't see the screen going Yeah, the screen isn't moving. It's exactly. just kind of yes. pretending but, uh, that it is. It is, exactly. Similar to the way the trackpad works. Right? Yeah, but I think that <coughs> technology by BlackBerry about seven years ago, five mm -hmm. years ago, whenever they had that, was was brilliant. I yeah. mean, it wasn't necessarily implemented in a perfect way. Uh, it had issues. Yeah, but neither, neither is 3D Touch. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, if I think BlackBerry had continued with that, yeah. uh, I think it's a shame But BlackBerry yeah. suddenly lost, you know, so yeah. much that that's, that's probably a whole podcast. Yeah, that's we, can it. Kind of... we could probably talk about that for a few hours, <laughs> I imagine. But yeah, so I mean, like you said, I think we'll wait and see what Apple is. I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting 12 months, particularly with the, for sure. with, for the sure. with the 10th anniversary of the iPhone yes. coming up and you know, the, the advancements that we still already heard rumors from Samsung and as you said, the Xiaomi phone, mm -hmm. it's going to be... Oh, no. I think next they're going to have to do something big. They're going to have to do something big. Next year is going to be fascinating. Put the headphone jack back in. <laughs> Boom, new feature yeah. for <laughs> iPhone ten or whatever they decide yeah. to call it. Right. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, well, thank you very All much, right. Mike. No problem, it's been a pleasure as fantastic always. Fantastic episode. Yeah, if anybody wants Probably to get in touch with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely the best so far. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I'm Ajafarelli on Twitter. And cool, and I'm Mike Priest. So uh, send us your, your constructive criticism. Exactly, and you know, tell us if you've actually listened to the podcast. We, we want to build a following where, you know, yeah. hopefully we'll get there. Yeah, right. Inshallah. Thanks very much. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool.